Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief. It's been a, a busy week for David Cole and I, Rob Howden, here at the uh, EKN offices. We, of course, had our dual weekend a couple weekends back. Both of David and I then moved to a different weekend. Uh, we've been on the road quite a bit for the last couple of weeks, but uh, getting ready to kind of latch things in here now, get it all said and done. We wrapped up the Supercarts USA Winter Series, or rather the Winter Nationals, the first round of the Pro Tour with our last uh, debrief podcast. This is number uh, 43 in the uh, in the history of debrief. March the 15th, it's Friday, what, Friday afternoon, early afternoon right now. We are going to, in fact, I won't say we because it'll be David. Uh, he is going to essentially review his trip to the Musselman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona for rounds three and four of the 2019 Challenge of the Americas. That's the target for today's debrief, which is going to be presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park, just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. All right, David, uh, busy couple of weeks, of course, to start off the month of March. Uh, you and I were in Fontana, California for the opening round of the, uh, the Scusa Pro Tour, the Winter Nationals. Uh, I immediately went uh, east to Florida. Uh, for the opening round of the Road to Indy and the NTT IndyCar Series. You, of course, went home for what I would say like as a, you know, as a laundry slash repack day, back on the road again on, uh, on Thursday, bound for Tucson for the, uh, for the Challenge of the Americas event, the, uh, the second uh, weekend, the third and fourth rounds. Musselman Honda Circuit, as we get started with just the overview, and I know you'll get into this part, this track is just absolutely stellar. Talk about the fact that you're, that, you know, the, the series is back to Tucson, but there's just something about Musselman Honda circuit that just leads to such great racing. Well, first off, it's more than just laundry. I actually get to see my wife and kids. So that way they know I'm still around. You that's, know? True. That's, <laughs> that's true. You revisit the family. I, you know what? I should, I don't have any kids. So it didn't come to my mind. Yeah, you, you don't have a cat. You don't have a dog. You, no. you know, it's you both. Yeah. You, have a cat, you don't have a cat. No, I don't have children. it, but it's it's like that. You know, I I have three kids. I, I typically tell everybody I have three kids. Uh, but <laughs> you spend a couple of days at home, and then back. Yeah, on the road. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a it was a hectic uh, couple of weeks, but uh, you know, it's it's part of the grind. It's part of what we do. Uh, it's part of the the love and infatuation we have with the sport. But uh, true, true, true. And the, the and the love goes into Tucson. I mean, we love going to that place. Um, ever miss, since being there, yeah. You know, ever since we hooked up with Andy Saisman and the uh, Challenge in Americas, they started at Tucson. That was the first event, uh, and that was you know always typically in January. And that's when we started out the year. Uh, it did they did that for six years in a row, and then last year they took Tucson off the schedule. This year we came back uh, seventh time going to the facility, which you know uh, the the circuit is is a replica of the Suzuka uh, tr- track in Japan. And it just it just leads to just amazing racing. Wow, I know it just does. It just there's so many places to overtake. It's such a fast racetrack, and there's just you know there's a couple of great combinations that lead into 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 actual overtaking areas. You know, going through the S's into the back part. I think they call it turn ten into the left hander. Not a lot of passes there, but some great ones. Uh, no, I just I really miss being out there. I love that track. Love the program. So 
Continue. Let's talk well, more about the overview. Not not to mention the food options that we get God, in Tucson. Do that to me. Uh, and we and you know just just to just to kind of throw the dagger in there, we went to an oh. Italian place on Saturday, which was phenomenal. Wow. And then you know you just drive in the middle of nowhere, and boom, up pops this Italian place. <laughs> and then we tried out a new steak steak place uh, Sunday night, which you know the the Silver Saddle was not open at nine p.m. So uh, we okay. had to, was we had to go elsewhere, and it was amazing. Just you know, it's it's funny how how people can find these these restaurants. You know, I mean, you, you're you're a person who does this as well, but just in the middle of nowhere or just off a beaten road. You know, it's just these small little places that just have amazing food. Now, the one thing I love about what Andy Saisman does too, um, and he does it pretty much at the first two races, doesn't do it at Sonoma, uh, but he'll bring in different food trucks as well to the to the track. You know, for for lunches. Mm-hmm. And man, there's just been some great food trucks over the years. Uh, we've, we've eaten, let's, let's put it this way. I've eaten a lot of great food and called a lot of great races. So that's, that, <laughs> that's my perfect balance. Exactly. Exactly. And this one wasn't, wasn't a slouch on, I believe it was Saturday. They had the, uh, the wood oven pizza, uh, mobile wood oven pizza, uh, pull in. And so what? we had, you know, a wood oven pizza. So not to what? mention, you know, Mexican food and, and all these other different <sighs> types of, uh, selections. So yeah. Nobody, nobody leaves Andy's programs hungry. Let me tell you that. <laughs> no, that's for, all right. Here, here's my question for you. And I got, I, I want to ask you this, you know, you, you've been to, we, we've been to a ton of racetracks. I've never really written down how many, how many tracks we've been to. Where do you rank Tucson? I don't, I don't, we've never, I've never raced. A, I don't think you've raced there either. Have you? No, I've never, I've never driven on the racetrack. There. No. But track itself the, what, that you've seen, where do you rank Tucson? You know, I, it's, you know, I, I kind of right? put the, put the note down is, is it something that's in the top five in the country? Um, that's it. it's that's just, the just the right? way it, it races and provides great side-by-side racing. I mean, there's always passing opportunities every lap and it just seems like, I mean, qualifying in a lot of the different categories were with within hundreds of a second for like the top five or top three. And so it has that good flow. You know, and that's what it seems like the drivers love that they hate the, they hate the stop and go type track mentalities. They like something that just, it's like a rhythm, you know, you get into a rhythm and you can pound, pound the laps out, boom, 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 all within, you know, one or two tenths of each other throughout 20 laps. So, you know, what I love about the track, David, I think this is key is, you know, you see a lot of tracks where it's a 90 degree corner to the checkered flag, or it's a long stretch run to the checkered flag, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? It's, it's not that one setup pass, right? The thing I love about Musselman is when you're coming down the long back straightaway and you go into the hard, you know, the hard breaking, then into the left-hander, and then there's the right-hander as well. It's not just a, I dove to the inside. I took the pass away from you or whatever it may be. You know, it's one of those things where, Oh, if you pass me on the inside, and you go too deep. I can crisscross you. I think the complexity of the final two corners, the Musselman, that left, right, is what makes it so good in terms of uh, overall race because the the run for the win is never done because you you can you know you can hang go too far out of the last corner and drop a wheel into the dirt and you can lose a race like that too and it's uphill you know that's sure. one thing yeah. that until you actually walk the track or drive it I mean it's uphill it's it's a it's a good probably ten foot you know not ten foot elevation but it just a gradual like it's you know if you're racing a Yamaha it's on the clutch you know. All right, so let's talk weather. We always do that when we, when we set things up, of course. This is the overview. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, the EKN debrief of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas from Muscle and Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. David, you've had some crazy weather already. You know, the events you've gone to, you've been hoping for sun. You've got rain. We had rain uh, 
in Cal Speed as well for the Scusa race. What was it like this particular weekend in Tucson? Because they had snow, what, two weeks before the race? They did. They had snow. Um, and, you know, you looked at the weather. It was it was going to be a bit of a warmer weekend. Unfortunately, when you get away from downtown Tucson, the wind really picks up. I'm talking like maybe 10 to 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And we had wind all weekend long. I mean, it wasn't a consistent. Friday was consistent, just complete wind throughout the day and made things while it was sunny was really cold and, and somewhat cloudy in certain times. Saturday got warmer and still had the, the wind coming in uh, here and there. And then again, Sunday uh, got warmer, but the wind came in at the end of the day and just really kind of made things a lot colder than what it what it was throughout the day. But uh, I am three for three on, on rain. There were a couple of raindrops that hit Friday. Uh, nothing, nothing too serious, but, um, you know, I'm three for three on 2019 right now for rain. I don't think you're going to be welcome to the WK race at Mooresville then. Well, I already told you it's going to rain there. So <laughs> you I know it's going to rain. I'm, there, four, right? I'm going to be four for four Ocala in the weekend after that. I, yeah, I could be, I could have a five for five streak going. You could go five for five, no doubt. All right, let's look at uh, let's look at numbers as well, David. Um, 123 at Cal Speed for the opening round. All we, you normally get the bigger numbers at the first race. Of course, a lot of rock stuff going on down in uh, in Southern California right now. Not so much in Arizona. Drops down to 96 total for the weekend in terms of total entries. Still higher than all of 2018. Any of the 2018s was that 96. So the momentum's still there, and there has been that jump forward for the program in 2019. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, there's really no local contingent. There was one local driver, uh, from the Tucson area racing, uh, during the weekend, uh, Cal speed, you get a lot of low, as you said, you get a lot of locals there, even guys from Northern California come down to Cal speed and not too many, uh, necessarily came over, uh, from, uh, over to Tucson. So, Um, That kind of factored in, not to mention, you know, the Scusa Pro Tour was the week before, but there were a lot of guys that were at Scusa Pro Tour that came out uh, and raced in the, uh, in Tucson. So that was good to see guys going back to back on the weekends. Obviously it's a lot for not only the the teams and the drivers, but engine builders as well, too, going from, you know, the IME power plants to the rock. Yeah. And then of course, David, we're just what, uh, less than a month away from the finale uh, first weekend of April, that again then takes the series to Sonoma, where there is again uh, a, a rock club program at, at Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center. So there's an opportunity to get the carryovers who are following the whole series, plus a bunch of regulars. They're probably going to have big numbers over top, maybe you know, 110, potentially even 120 again for the finale. Yeah, not to mention guys from the Northwest coming down to get ready for their season. So it's it's a good, uh, you know, they're a little bit, the events seem to be a little bit closer together than they have typically in the past. But, uh, you know, I, I still see, you know, over a three, a three over 100 uh, drivers uh, probably racing in Sonoma once again. Pretty much across the board, guys, and you're looking at the uh, the actual entries, just a, a kind of a fall off in all the categories as opposed to one big one. Uh, Micro Rock was seven down to four. Remember, they only had one driver last year, so they're still four times what they had in 2018. Mini Rock dropped from 17 to, to 11. Uh, Junior Rock actually a big drop from 19 down to 10. Uh, senior Rock actually went up. They went from 15 up to 16 drivers in the Senior Rock class. Dropped a couple of ma- Masters, still a good 15 cart field. Uh, same with uh, the Masters or the, sh- the Shifter categories. Senior Rock dropped five down to 16. Um, the uh, Master Shifter guys, though, David, 
14. Was it pretty much exactly the same 14 or was there? A, no, was there anybody no it was a, it was a mixture of returning drivers and guys who were not really? at the opening round, such as Mike wow, Jones okay, cool. and uh, Ben Shermerhorn. Um, I'm trying to think okay. of a couple other guys that weren't there. So there was, yeah. So there was a good uh, swap out of guys who weren't there to new guys. Again, overall, you have to look at the fact that the series debuted the Rock program last year after many, many years of running the Road Tax program. Set the baseline last year. Big jump up here to start the 2019 program. And again, looking for good numbers. when We get to Sonoma for the finale on April 5th, 6th, and 7th. Okay, there's David Cole with the overview. When we get back after this quick break, uh, we'll do the paddock pass. Dave will give us some information of uh, some of the stuff that happened, not so much on the track, but potentially off the track or with the track. So stick with us. More to come. Episode number 43 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA are focused on changing the paradigm when it comes to race teams in this sport. And the goal is to support dedicated young racers by giving them the tools and opportunities to succeed. Originally born as Mad Croc, the new branding is Croc Promotion, and Armando Fellini's product continues its dedication to quality and innovation. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We're ready to attack in 2019, and our race results speak for themselves. A.J. Myers swept the first four Winter Series shifter cut races of the year, and Andrew Bedozo continues to assert himself as an emerging player. Croc Promotion has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. Hey everyone, this is Chris Wheeler from Bell Helmets. Bell Racing USA is now the official helmet of Supercarts USA. You can find our newest line of products such as the Carbon KC7 CMR, the only carbon fiber belt helmet approved with a CMR rating in the entire world during the 2019 season by visiting PSL Karting on site at all SCUSA events. Check us out online, www.bellracing.com, or on social media by following at BellRacingHQ. Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole joining us as he will quarterback his review of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas from Musselman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. The Paddock Pass is where we talk about some of the stuff that happened on the track within the community. We'll see. David's got a bunch of notes to give us. This edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Stilo USA. As a world leader in personal racing safety products, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is excited to make their move into karting. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. 
the ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the ST5 Cart Snell K 2015 for the adults. For more information, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. All right, David, Paddock Pass. I know you got four or five notes down here from the stuff that happened. It's, I always say that it's, it's tough to do the paddock pass when you're at Tucson because if you want to go from the booth where you're working to the, uh, to the paddock, it's uh, what, uh, like three stories and about 40-something 40, 40 feet to come down from the tower? According to my phone, I did over 50 floors uh, per day. So that's, you know, however that relates to, you know, how many flights of stairs I did. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a lot. You know, I actually probably did more stairs it than is. I did actual walking uh, throughout the weekend. And it's a sketchy. It's very narrow, very steep. Um, you know, yeah. we, it's, I forgot Sean Beers afraid of heights, so that's why I never saw him on the weekend until after we were all done with everything or out on the racetrack. Um, yeah, Funny. so it was. Uh, yeah, so I got to go around uh, a little bit on Friday, thus you know why I had a lot of up and down uh, uh, on that day. Uh, but uh, got to go around and see people again. Obviously, people were busy uh, getting things tuned in for the weekend. Uh, one of the one of the biggest issues we hit uh, on the weekend was actually the scales. Uh, Saturday morning we got there and the scales were not working. So um, you know something happened with the connection between the the scale platform and the gauge that actually reads everything, displays everything, uh, wasn't working. Uh, and a couple of the track workers, along with uh, Rock Cup USA's Garrett Potter. Uh, pulled out their electrical expertise and went to work. And, and luckily they had a backup gauge sitting there. So they kind of spliced the wires together because it was different fittings and, and tried to get the, the scales to work. They actually went and found some uh, long acre scales that somebody from the racetrack had. Uh, so they're going to use those as backup. Uh, unfortunately, they got the, the, the scales, the original scales working. And uh, so it only kind of delayed things for about 25 minutes uh, to, to get that all situated. Uh, before qualifying started. Solid. So what else do we have for the paddock pass? Any other, uh, well, you know, as you know, typically we don't talk, like to talk about bad things, but, uh, the last races, the last three main events on Sunday, something was going on with the scoring system. We couldn't quite figure it out. Um, it just, it wasn't picking up drivers as they went across the line. So basically Shelby, uh, Jocelyn was, uh, was an iron woman and, uh, hand scored the final three races all by herself. Um, luckily, you know, she's had wow. expertise with that and, and obviously knows the drivers and, and was, was able to do that. And, uh, everything kind of, you know, what came together, luckily no, no craziness <laughs> in any of the finishes to where we had to go back to, you know, cell phone videos or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. Well, she she is. she is one of the best, yep. if not the best. There's no doubt about that. There's a calmness when she's in there. <laughs> Shelby Jocelyn's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, luck, luck, luckily we were able to, yeah, after the weekend, they sent uh, the backups from Orbitz over to uh, TJ Halsma from uh, from MyLapse, and he, he kind of deciphered that it, it's possibly something in the loop. So at least we know it's not the software, it's not the decoder, it's just... You know, you never know about those loops. They're out in the weather all the time. Sure. And uh, yeah. so something in the connection or maybe maybe the loop has just got a, a malfunction with it uh, somewhere in the, in the circuit. We'll get that fixed up. Now, you mentioned that Garrett Potter was there. Uh, obviously, Garrett, uh, 
uh, racking up some some frequent flyer miles, miles. He's been doing the Florida Winter Tour. I've uh, been at a couple of Andy's races as well as as the Rock program continues to grow in certain areas. But yeah, good to see Garrett on hand. Yeah, and he was there, kind of getting a, a relief from the two uh, temporary circuits that they had uh, to start out the Florida Winter Tour. You know, he was really happy with how things unfolded. Uh, obviously, Hard Rock Stadium was happy with with how things uh, went with with the Rock Cup USA and Florida Winter Tour program. So uh, he's not looking forward to any more temporary circuits in the near future. But, uh, you know, the planning is already underway for, you know, obviously the Rock at the Rio uh, coming up at the end of October, beginning of November. So that's kind of that's the next temporary circuit. So he doesn't have to worry about barriers anymore until then. Uh, obviously they have the Florida winter tour finale coming up in Ocala, but, uh, also they're, you know, kind of talking about the two festival races coming up, uh, obviously the first and, uh, the new track in Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, and then the second one to, uh, to be announced very soon. Yeah. We, I, I tried to draw it out of them when we were, uh, when we did our podcast, uh, you know, about a month ago, just wasn't able to do it. So they, it's still a TBA for the second rock festival this year, but yeah, I did what I could just, he wasn't budging. Yeah. It seems, seems like the pieces are still kind of coming together with that. Uh, I heard rumors about where it might possibly be, but it seems like it might not be there. So it could be a whole completely different direction than where originally we thought it was going to be. So again, uh, well, you know, that, that information will be hopefully probably announced, you know, before the finale at uh, Ocala. Well, David, of course, we'll be going into the race report after this next break. What else you got for me? I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on with Ron White Racing. He's actually, Ron's actually in there battling it out for the boys with with uh, with senior shifter, right? Oh, yeah. Ron's Ron's in it full, full throttle. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Obviously, uh, he's keeping busy every day with the Ron White, Ron White Racing operation. Uh, you know, he was just at Laguna Seca with a couple of his customers doing some road racing. Um, he's always testing. Um, he's always doing some driver coaching. So he's always keeping busy with that. And, uh, you know, CR, he's always been a longtime CRG uh, uh, driver and uh, dealer. And, you know, CRG Nordam's returning that favor. And they're really supporting uh, those drivers who are on CRGs and with Ron White Racing uh, this year at the Challenge. With uh, last, last month was uh, uh, you, and, you and Jeffrey there on hand. Uh, this month it actually had was uh, Tony Tesoro and Eddie Tanini, who uh, were there giving technical assistance. You know, it's interesting, David, is what? It's, it's 2019 now, and I want to say that White Ronnie probably made his debut on the Scusa Promoto Tour, I think, on a CRG. I think it was like around 2000 or 2001, I think, that he ran with. And he actually ran for Extreme Carding. He ran for Cutcher's team. He's been he's he's potentially almost a twenty year CRG guy. Well, there was a time when he was on a different brand. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it wasn't that fine. long. Yeah, but no. uh, yeah. Um, overall, yeah, he's probably been one of the longest. You know, I probably Matt Jaskell is one of them as well too. So those yeah. guys have been uh, nineteen ninety nine for Matt. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, Matt had some other rides that he's been on as well too. Of course. So, uh, Yep. I just, it's just, for me, it's to see the longevity of a guy like Ron White. Uh, Darren you know, Elliott. <laughs> for sure. Yep, yeah, Darren's true enough. But to see Ron still doing it and still hammering down and still running against the senior guys when he could be doing uh, the master category and he's in a good fight for the championship. I like it. It's, uh, well, it's good that, to see Tony, Tony and, and Eddie there too. Yeah, it's that weight. I don't, uh, he's, he's, he's still that driver's size. So he hasn't, you know, he's not the typical master size that we, uh, we see <laughs> these guys. I don't think he's gained a pound no. in 20 years, though. No, right? I think he's gotten a little bit heavier. But when I say little, I'm talking maybe five pounds. Exactly. Yeah, not much, not much. 
And again, th- David giving us the Paddock Pass. Thank you to the good folks from Stilo USA for being the presenting sponsor of our Paddock Pass. All right, another quick break. We get back. David's going to jump in and start giving us some, uh, essentially some reviews of the actual racing action. The first segment will hit Senior Rock, Shifter Senior Rock, Shifter Master Rock, and Master Rock as well. Stick with us. More to come. What? Episode 43 of the debrief. It's the CODA Challenge of the Americas event from Tucson. That's what we're dealing with here today. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com Cometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Cometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Cometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Cometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Cometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Cometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Cometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Cometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. This is Randy Kugler, voice of the Quincy Grand Prix. South Park will come alive June 8th and 9th with over 15,000 spectators and some of the best kart racers from all over the country. Great partners such as Margay Racing and Hoosier Tires make this a racing experience like no other. Karting legends Scott Pruitt, Terry Trader, and Randy and Rick Folks have some of their biggest racing accomplishments at this prestigious event. Race fans will be on their feet as the competitors will battle for the coveted Gussie Award, named after the event's founder, the late Gus Trader. This year's event will be more fan-friendly than ever, with Wi-Fi throughout the park, more vantage points to view the excitement, more concessions, 
and even a greater selection of merchandise and souvenirs. The place to be, June 8th and 9th, the Quincy Grand Prix. Harding's Formula One of street racing, where legends are made. Let's do it in the park this year. For more information, visit our website at QuincyGrandPrix.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole providing us with a full review of the 2019 Challenge of the Americas event at Tucson, Arizona, rounds three and four of the six race series. Things kicking off at uh, Cal Speed in February. And then April, of course, we'll move to Sonoma for the finale. Uh, let's go to the race report, David, presented by VME Cart USA. Today's race support segment is brought to you by VME Cart USA, the segment of uh, the company that is taking American karting by storm this year. VME Cart is winning on the East Coast and West Coast. The VME Cart chassis has a wide tuning window and it works extremely well with all engine and tire platforms. To learn more about the chassis and their arrive and drive programs for all the big events, give them a follow on their social media programs. All right, DC, this is our second podcast of the uh, week. I got another one planned for later on this afternoon. Three planned for next week. We are busy on the EKN Radio Network, and I know you were busy all weekend long in Tucson, uh, up and down the tower. Let's start with the senior rock category. At the very start, Dave, we talked about the fact that uh, it actually gained a driver. It was 15 in Cal Speed, 16 drivers going at it in Tucson. Pretty uh, essentially one of the, if not the biggest field, I think, on the weekend, right? Yeah, among the biggest fields yeah. and, and uh, was kind of a, a different per day. You know, you, you typically see guys, the same guys up front uh, uh, both days. Yeah. But uh, this category was kind of a little bit uh, shaken, especially uh, early on when Friday when we saw Wesley Boswell wearing a helmet instead of uh, looking at his phone and looking at times <laughs> for his drivers. Where did that come from? Uh, so, you know, Boswell's kind of ho- has hooked up with uh, Eddie Shimon. A uh, young driver out of the NorCal area, as uh, you know, driver coaching him, and uh, the dad wanted uh, wanted Wesley to give him some more, you know, lead follow type situations on Friday. Well, if you're gonna pre- if you're gonna do that on Friday, you got to enter the race. So uh, they decided to use the you know the backup cart and engine as as you know the lead follow and do some do some some more driver coaching. And and by the time the end of the day came, Voswell was, was super quick. I mean, along with Eddie, you know, those two were, were, were among the quickest Friday and, and Boswell's like, you know what, I'm going to race. So, <laughs> so he, he kept things going on and, and moved into Saturday. Uh, and Saturday just, you know, happened to be at the right place at the right time in the pre-final uh, started, I believe eighth and, and found his way into the lead really early on. There was a little bit of a skirmish at the start. I think really the only start we had that had any type of issues, again, challenging Americas don't run pushback bumpers. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's up to the drivers to really decide things. And it was, it's just, you know, a racing incident, guys getting together and pushing out wide as we typically see there with, with that turn one there. And uh, and Boswell took advantage, got up to the front. And then once he was on pole for the main event, just kind of walked away from everybody for the win. Well, the talents there. What was it? 2003 Super Nationals winner in the in the uh, the ICC class, the pro class. I, 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 I don't even think that Eddie Shimon, who he's wrenching with or who he's coaching, was even born then. Probably not. So I don't know if that means Boswell's old or if all the drivers are young. You 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 can you can kind of determine that. Take it the way you want. Well, right. one one driver that wasn't alive was uh, Cooper Becklin, who actually yeah. was second place uh, in, in the final, 
And then uh, third place, I, I believe Jordan was born. Jordan Renlund was born uh, at that time. But the Canadian was uh, was able to uh, get up to third uh, on the VME. Yeah, Jordan might have been two or three. Right, right. He was born just not walking or talking very much. Or yeah. talking. <laughs> <laughs> way to go, boss. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Again, just showing Boswell's talent, right? And that's why he's such a good driver coach. The skills are there. He's He's got the race craft. He can, you put him behind the wheel and he's going to be fast. So uh, good on Wesley. How about, how about Sunday? Would you mentioned that things kind of flip-flopped around a bit. What was the, what was the big change for Sunday that, that maybe changed the, you know, the faces at the front of the, pack? I don't, I don't know if anything really changed. I think just people found some speed overnight. Uh, okay. One of them being uh defending champion, Jim McKinney. Uh, we know he, he going into the event, we thought he'd be towards the front uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, just didn't quite have, you know, was involved in that uh, turn one issue on Saturday. So he was able to qualify on pole Sunday. So that kind of helped him keep things uh, clean. Uh, but he was he was beaten in the prefrontal by Jake Drew, who was actually sick on Saturday, uh, had temperatures in the 100 to 103 area, 104. So uh, after he got some uh, some medication and relaxed, he came back Saturday, but obviously wasn't quite himself. Sunday came back uh, feeling a little bit better and, and was able to uh, to qualify uh, towards the front and beat McKinney out for the prefrontal win. But again, you know, those long races that we have at the challenge, things kind of shook up when when Cooper Beckland just kind of had the the consistent speed uh, over the long term of the race and was able to get by both of those guys and uh, drive away to the victory. How cool is it to see Cooper Beckland win a race here in the senior category? Having watched him come from the, you know, from the, the mini category to junior all the way up through, that's just the progression through the entire challenge has been pretty impressive for the the, the kid out of the Pacific Northwest. Well, that's typically what we yeah. see in this challenge now being what the seventh or eighth year we've been there. We've seen these kids start out in the mini category and slowly work their way like a Christian Brooks, even a Jim McKinney. Yeah. You know, he was once a, a junior driver as well, too. And and Beckland to win two races now in his senior debut uh, in four rounds is, is pretty stout and, and definitely puts him uh, in the championship lead now with two wins. Uh, McKinney's there sitting second, 48 points back with... Uh, uh, Jake Drew sitting third. So I, I just looking at your notes here right now. You mentioned that, that Jordan Redland in the fight on Sunday as well. What happened to Jordan? Yeah, Jordan was uh, again making his way up and uh, was near a podium finish. Uh, just just got past uh, Jim McKinney for third uh, until uh, a mechanical issue took him out uh, with two laps to go. Uh, let's move to the senior shifter category, Dave. Sixteen drivers there as well, and and, and you look at some of the names. Do we we got some pretty solid names uh, in this category in senior shifter? We do, but uh, really the weekend was it was all GFC. You know the the new cart by Gary Carlson was was a star with uh, two drivers really showing what it had uh, in Hunter Pickett and Coy Bailey. Obviously Bailey, uh, a longtime Challenging America's competitor, uh, Hunter Pickett among one of the top shifter drivers that we do have uh, in the North America. Yep. Uh, Pickett was uh, was was a star though. He was able to win both races on the weekend. Uh, Saturday, it was, uh, Bailey who got the whole shot in the pre-final. So he was able to take that win, but Pickett returned that favor in the final and just drove away to the win. Uh, Ron White actually came back and, uh, broke up the two. So he was able to finish second on Saturday. Uh, Sunday was a little bit of a different story as White was able to lay down a quick lap and qualifying to steal the pole position there. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, mechanical issues took him out early in the pre-final that allowed Pickett to come through and score the prefrontal win. And then Pickett, once again, with a great hole shot, got away from everybody. 
But the story of the main event on that day was was White coming back from the tail of the field all the way through, starting 14th, was top six after lap, maybe turn three, <laughs> and and just you know drove his way right up in in, in the second spot, working past uh, Bailey for the runner up spot. That's the thing I love about that racetrack, right? You go into that turn four, when I guess it's like. You know, one's the big first corner, then there's the two, three, and then four is the big sweeping left-hander. And you can run the outside of the sweeping left-hander, or you can dive down the inside and just park it, right? There's so many opportunities. I would I would love to have seen Ronnie jump his way up that quickly in the opening laps. Overall, though, David, pretty you, you, was it some pretty good racing in the shifter class? Well, yeah, everything behind <laughs> Pickett uh, was, was good racing. Uh, a little bit of contact here and there with some guys. I know Brian Keck came in leading as a championship contender. Uh, he DNF'd, uh, I think, on Sunday due to contact. Uh, Saturday also had some issues as well. So that's kind of taken him out of the championship fight, uh, moving White actually up into the top spot uh, with Zach Pedinici third or second and um, uh, uh, Campbell. Uh, Jason Campbell? Think. Nope. Wrong Campbell. I don't know why I have Campbell there, but we'll, we'll fix that. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, all right. Let's, let's look at Master Shifter because – they've like the challenge you look at the amount of guys they have they're talking 30 drivers just in the shifter class that's 33 percent of the field essentially a little under 30 percent of the people in the paddock that weekend all on the shifters they've done a good job developing a good shifter program they have and just for let you know it was prescott campbell i knew it was campbell i just couldn't couldn't even think about it because again the 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 results from 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 cal speed are completely different from uh, what we saw in tucson so this this championship, you know, there's guys, you know, within 100 points, 105 points of the top seven, you know, including Pickett, Coy Bailey, Brian Keck, Enzo Prevost, Prescott Campbell. All these guys are going to be racing in Sonoma, so that's going to be a great one to watch. Sorry, no doubt. No, and yeah, you probably should remember Prescott. He's been really good out of the box recently and uh, was strong at the Scuser race too. So indeed, so he's third in points. All right, let's go to Master Shifter. You've uh, you've fixed yourself up. Yeah. So, so getting back to that, uh, you know, as we saw a little bit in, in Cal speed, it was kind of the Rod Clenard show. Um, you know, uh, the Texan has jumped over to uh, challenge the Americas for the first time and has really adapted to, uh, the rock engine platform. You know, we see, we're seeing a lot of masters guys come out for this category. Uh, but he was just on rails all weekend long. Uh, he swept Saturday, uh, was able to hold off uh, Victor Yemenes, who you've seen down yeah. in Florida a number of times. Uh, Victor came out with Mike Beeney and uh, to challenge uh, all these Masters drivers in the shifter category and just came up short, was right there, had had Clunard looking over his shoulder nearly every lap and just, uh, just kind of came up short, didn't quite have enough to get by him. And then again, you know, as we talked about in the paddock pass, Mike Jones uh, making his uh, – 2019 debut and uh, ending up on the podium in third on Sunday very, or on very Saturday. Nice former Super Nationals winner. Good lineup of drivers though, but man, give it up for Rod Clenard, right? A couple of years back to back, winning a, a, a number plate in the Scusa Pro Tour, and then just coming out of the gate strong here in 2019. You know, momentum, right, Dave? Confidence and momentum, and it's working for him. That's that's impressive. Well, he's been among the top Masters shifter drivers uh, or throughout the last what three, three years, years, I yeah. think. Now, you know, he's carried the number three plate in Super Master. Yep. Uh, so, you know, there's no doubt about it. he's got the talent, but he was nipped on Sunday. Uh, Victor Yemen is, was able to, to grab fast time in qualifying. So it kind of broke up the perfect streak or perfect weekend for, uh, Clonard, but Clonard was able to strike back in the pre-final grabbing that victory. And then once again, driving away to the, to the victory in the final, but this time it was Mike Jones who he was looking over his shoulder for, 
Uh, Jones came on really strong in the main event uh, and came in within a couple cart lengths of, uh, of Clenard there at the end, but just didn't quite have enough to work by him. And then Ben Shermerhorn kind of did what uh, Ron White did, had a DNF in the pre-final and drove his way up from 14th to uh, to finish third in his uh, 2019 debut. Yeah, Dave, when you're qualifying on pole and you're winning pre-finals and main events, that's when you start piling up the points, right? Big lead right now for Rod Clenard in the championship heading to the finale. Yeah, he's got a 127-point advantage over Nick Firestone, who actually was Friday's fast driver. Uh, Firestone just wasn't able to uh, capitalize on the rest of the weekend, but he still still finds himself in the championship chase uh, with last year's champion Calvin Chen sitting there in third. All right, let's move. Uh, we're stick with let's stick with Masters. Let's go to Masters Rock because you know I just look at some of your notes here and I'm I'm seeing all these you know Team USA drivers and uh, just a lot of talent, right? Derek Wang, Billy Cleveland, uh, DeGraff, Jackson. There's just a lot of great drivers in this field for, for the for the Masters guys, even though. Well, they had four, I think 14, still 14 drivers in Masters. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was it was great to see the field. Uh, you obviously have somebody to race with. Uh, you know, Steve Weiner, who we keep talking about, was there, and he was racing with guys. So, you know, no matter, you know, what the what the level you're at, you're racing either, you know, towards the lead or mid-pack or, yeah, or a little bit at the back. You got guys to race with. So it's always great class to watch. But, uh, you know, Saturday was all Billy Cleveland as he swept the day. Uh, setting fast time and qualifying, winning the pre-final, and then uh, once again leading the way in the final with uh, Derek Wang, who, again, this is his first year racing Masters at the Challenge. Typically, we see him racing senior. So uh, Wang has moved into the Masters category and mixing it up with these guys, and then Nick DeGraff uh, finishing third on Saturday. Okay, so again, we look we look forward to Sunday here, and, and DeGraff steps things up in the main. But where, what happened to Billy Cleveland? I, I'm looking at the notes here, and what happened to Billy Cleveland on Sunday? He he was there. It was a basically Sunday was <laughs> as you saw on our on the video that we had for the pre-final. You know, Cleveland was right there uh, yeah. racing for the win. Like you talked about the, those last two corners, great opportunity to to get by somebody on the last lap, and Wang actually did that to Cleveland. Uh, so Cleveland was actually second in the pre-final led, led in the, led in the, in the main event along with Wang. And, uh, you know, it was a, basically a a four driver fight with, with, uh, Derek, with Billy, with, uh, defending champion, Eric Jackson. And then, uh, you throw in Nick DeGraff. Well, DeGraff, it just seemed to be, he had the most, he had the quickest cart out on the racetrack and, and actually proved it by uh, working by all these guys and, and getting getting out to uh, the victory on, on Sunday, Jackson yeah, slid by. Yeah, Jackson slid by uh, Wang for the uh, second spot, so made it a VME one-two finish on Sunday. And then again, like I said, uh, Cleveland was actually fifth as Tim Mayer was able to close up in those late laps. Uh, tra- he trailed that lead group for forever, and then as they diced it out there in those final laps, was able to catch up to and get by Cleveland there at the end for fourth. All right, elbows are up now. In, in looking at the, at the results, and man, it seems like the the, the championship is pretty tight going into the finale for this category. It is because you got to remember the things were a little bit different at, at Cal Speed. Uh, you know, Cleveland came out and won one of the races, but uh, and then retired and or actually didn't even show up for uh, the uh, the rain race on on Sunday. So that has him actually fourth, sixty one points out. Uh, Tim Mayer's ninety four points out in fifth, but really the top three guys are separated by just 32 points with Wang who has yet to win a main event, but stood on the podium all four rounds 
uh, leading the way with Jackson sitting there just six points back in second, and then Nick DeGraff there third. And so Cleveland then, if you if you look at that, him not running the rain race, that's his drop. Then he's going to have essentially, what, two wins and a fifth going in too. Yeah. So and, and not to me- not to mention he's going to uh, to Sonoma where he's had multiple victories already. So uh, you know it's it's but again Eric Jackson's fast there. Derek Wang is fast yeah. there. Nick DeGraff was fast there last year. Uh, you know David Pergande that's his track. Softshell loves that place. So you know and then not to mention the local guys that are going to come out. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a Donald Durbin come out or somebody like that. You know from the area. Sounds like you just dropped the gauntlet on Don Durbin. We'll see. You know, maybe a Carlos Calderon, you know, all those NorCal guys. Yeah. Bring them all out, you know? I mean, they could easily have a 25-cart field there. Well, we're looking for an all-skate, folks. Everybody get out and have some fun, for sure. That's it for the first first segment of the Race Report presented by VME Cart USA. After this break, Dave's going to come back. He's going to give us the Junior Rock update. We'll talk about Senior and Masters 100cc, Mini Rock, and Micro Rock to cap off this edition of The Debrief. Stick with us, folks. More to come on the EKN Radio Network. You probably know Nitro Kart for making a class-leading cadet chassis. The kart that swept the 2018 Scusa Supernats cadet divisions and has won scores of races and championships all over the country. But did you know that Nitro Kart offers a full range of carts, including a kid kart and a brand-new full-size chassis? Now racers of all ages can enjoy the Nitro Kart advantage of premium components, superior performance, and a wide range of tunable handling. All 2019 Nitro Karts are in stock now, so call Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868 and order yours today. Hi, I'm Ashley Harrow, a multi-time international champion, but most kids know me as coach. Under the tent, we aren't just friends. Everyone grows to become family. It all breaks down to two simple choices. You can either spend your time winning with us or spend your time trying to beat us. Hi, EKN listeners. This is Jeff Wessel from Streeter Superstands. When it comes to lifts and stands for your carts and the largest selection of shop and trailer accessories, we know all about building and giving you the best. The Streeter Superstands crew has over 30 years of experience, are cart racers just like you, and know that the Streeter name stands for durability, affordability, and most of all, quality. We're the original and genuine manufacturer of Bigfoots and Stacker Stands, and we build them right here in the USA, along with our best-selling Streeter Superlift, upright stands, and an ever-growing roster of shop and trailer accessories to outfit any trailer or garage. While some guys pretend to be number one, we prove it every day, every race. Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstand builds it. Check us out at StreeterSuperstands.com. When it comes to the best in lifts, stands, shop and trailer accessories, and all the cool necessities to make your race day easy and organized, it's all at StreeterSuperstands.com. We innovate, not imitate. Roll with the best right now at StreeterSuperstands.com. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. 
you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sport racing park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole with us as we work through episode number 43 of the EKN Debrief. It's March the 15th. It's Friday afternoon. Looking forward to uh, an exciting weekend. A lot of things going on. Uh, Sebring's going on. F1's getting started. So if you're a race race fan, there's uh, there's a lot going on. There's some karting going on for sure as well. But again, let's uh, get back into it. David giving us his review of the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas from Musselman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. Again, the race report today brought to you by VME Cart USA. David, four categories still to wrap up. Let's jump in on Junior Rock. Uh, not the numbers I think that we wanted. Obviously, they had 19 at the opening round, just down to 10 this weekend, but still some solid drivers in the field. Yeah, solid racing all weekend long. But typically, four drivers kind of broke away uh, throughout the throughout the weekend. Uh, but where we saw actually two drivers pick up their first challenge victories, uh, Saturday it ended up being Macy Williams, uh, who was able to put out, put in a, a solid last lap pass on, on Ethan Ho to secure, uh, the victory in that day Man. on that day. Amazing pass, uh, just, you know, timed it right. Found, you know, Ho decided to try the defensive line and, and left just enough gap, uh, going into that right-hander at turn five to uh to slide in and grab grab the lead and then hold on to uh to checkered flag for her first series victory so that put ho in second and then uh william ferguson third uh sunday liam lech was actually the driver to beat throughout the day setting fast time and qualifying and winning the pre-final but uh ethan ho was just a little bit better than the rest of them uh was able to get out to the lead and then walk away to his first series victory uh, Lech ended up finishing second with Ferguson crossing the line in third. Uh, so that actually gives Ho and Ferguson four podiums in the four rounds that we've had thus far. And the category has seen four different winners, uh, on the season with, uh, Jonathan Ports, Ferguson, uh, Williams and Ho all scoring. Wow. Victories. You know what? Ethan Ho is on, on a bit of a roll to start the season off. Is he not? He is, you know, he's got those, uh, <laughs> K 100 wins at the, uh, at the pro tour, just yeah. the weekend before that, and then uh, finally getting that first uh, challenge victory that he's been trying for or over the last, what, three three years probably. Man, he's just uh, definitely on a roll. And again, as we said already, confidence and momentum. Once you have those two, you believe in yourself, believe in your program, you can start uh, 
really running up front. They've, let's have a look at the points. Uh, you mentioned that they've got four different uh, drivers of one, Ports, Ferguson, Williams, and Ho. Seems like the championship chase pretty tight as well. Yeah, for sure. It's top four uh, within 77 points after the weekend. Uh, Macy Williams sitting there in fourth. Um, Lech is there in third, 70 points back. So if he he's able to score a victory, uh, that could shake things up. But right now it's, it's uh, Ethan Ho at the front uh, with Ferguson back by 31 points. Uh, let's move into the Masters and Senior 100cc class. Just a single driver in the Masters class, but again, the 100cc program, David, kind of uh, you know just taking route everywhere. Uh, whether it's the VLR, Rock VLR, I know that they run the uh, the K100 as well uh, in the program here in the in the Challenge of the Americas. Nine drivers in Senior 100cc, and uh, I'm not surprised to see some of the names that we saw there because some of them are, are kind of veterans of the of Coda, and some guys just kind of come in for one offs here and there. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know that category is great. It provides great racing, and you know as you said, some some guys that have been with the series for a while, whether it's you know through the junior program or even the masters, uh, he's he's slumming down back to the senior category with uh, Adam Kasich uh, picking up a second <laughs> victory on the year in the senior category, not masters. Because remember, he ran masters rock last year uh, in Phoenix, yeah. winning both rounds. And then decided to take a break from racing, <laughs> but uh, Adam's back. He loves the 100 cc package, and it really shows when he's on track. As he was uh, able to beat out uh, Ever Everest Fedler and uh, Colby Dubato for uh, the victory on Saturday. Solid, good. I, you know, I always love seeing a guy that could be running masters coming back running senior. I think that's a cool deal. Getting in there and 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 battling it with some of the young guys. So. Uh, Kasich with the lead, the win in the opening day. What about day number two? Did he was he able to come back with the same speed, or it just it it seems like the trend has been that in, in you know listen to your report that a lot of guys weren't able to have weren't able to come back and kind of be exactly as good as they were the day before. Well, as I said, guys were able to find a little bit more speed on the next day. You know, with it, you know, the 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 temperature was really the only change that we saw in the weather. So it's not like we went from rain to dry. Yeah. But I think guys were just able to do their homework because again, some people have not been to this track before. So I think you saw a lot of that, and especially with Colby Dubato, uh, he was able to find a lot of speed overnight uh, in the hundred cc category uh, as he swept the day. Uh, in in senior 100 cc it was actually a fight uh he had uh logan calderwood on his bumper throughout the race calderwood actually won the prefrontal but a penalty uh, took the win away from him so those they were they were the top two all day long uh and dubato was just able to stretch out just a little bit of a lead over over the young calderwood and uh, score his his first victory uh of the year uh and actually his fourth straight podium uh in the category Talk a little bit about the way the the things are kind of settling in. Dubato's on a bit of a run. He's had you know he's had four good finishes. Kasich's been fast though. It's it's I like you know it's interesting to see how things are going to dial in depending on on the consistency shown by the drivers. Yeah, Kasich was there. It was a fight between his two two uh, teammates with uh, Jackson Dunn and Fedler uh, at the finish, and and Kasich got the short end of the stick, jumped the curb, and and lost the chain as they were coming to the checkered flag. So he went from third to fifth, uh, coasting across the line, but still finds himself leading the championship chase uh, over Dubato by 28 points. And then Jackson Dunn, who won at Cal Speed, uh, sitting there in third, uh, 87 points out. 
Jimmy Gregory, the solo driver of the Masters category, getting quicker and quicker, getting down there and battling out with the guys. So good to see Jimmy down there having some fun. That's what it's all about. Get to the racetrack, get out of the get out of the cold from up north in Canada and have some fun down in either California or Arizona. Uh, David, let's move on into the uh, the Mini Rock category. 11 drivers uh, in the field for Mini Rock. Give us a feeling of, of how that racing kind of unfolded. Well, throughout the weekend, it was really the two drivers out front with uh, Logan Toke and Enzo Deligny. Now, do you say Deligny or? I think it's Delaney. 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 See, I, I say it how I spell it. But yeah, I, I think it's because Eric Brennan, who was there uh, announcing on the weekend, kept saying Delaney. So I think it's Delaney. I think they corrected me. It's Delaney. It's not Delaney. Well, I, that's, I figured I'd check with you first, so I'll go Delaney. Yeah. All right. I got corrected at the last at, at the winter series, so we got that right now. Yeah, so token Delaney. <laughs> hey, listen. Hold on. We got to get it right because the way Enzo's driving this year, I think we're going to be talking about him a lot, so well, let's we, make sure. We've talked about him sure. pretty much every race we've gone to, so I, I, know, I, think, I think that's true. That's a true statement, but uh, yeah. but I actually Saturday was Logan Toke. Um Toke was able to sweep a, sweep the day with Enzo right there on his bumper. They kind of went at it uh, in the final, but Toke was able to get the advantage there at the line. Uh, and then I, uh, Anthony White was sitting there in third with another great drive in his uh, mini rookie season so far. Cool. Um, Sunday, same thing. Toke and Delaney were out front. Toke got fast time in qualifying. Delaney won the prefinal. But again, Delaney just found a little bit of extra speed and Toke wasn't quite up to pace uh, in the final. So Delaney just walked away uh, solo for the victory. The fight was for second and it ended up being uh, White coming up from the tail of the field after a DNF in the prefinal. Uh, he kind of matched what his uncle did in the shifter category coming from last up to second, uh, stealing that spot. And then uh, Ian Q, I believe is how you say his name, who's working with uh, Choker. Uh, out of Canada, uh, scoring his first uh, podium uh, result at the Challenging Americas. Good for him. Now, David, uh, four straight podiums for Enzo Delini. That's the you know that's what you got to do if you want to win one of these championships. It's 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 six weekends, right? Six week. I mean, there are three weekends, six races, one drop. You, you just really can't afford to have a bad weekend. If you do, puts the pressure on you for the rest of the, of the rest of the program. Uh, Enzo Delini, when you get four straight podiums, you know you're going to be in the fight when you get to the finale. Yeah, Toke had the same type of streak going until uh, he fell back there in the main event on Sunday. So he's only sitting 20 points back from Delaney. So again, those two are going to be the measure uh, in Sonoma. But again, White sitting there in third to 81 points, going to his home track. Uh, You you know, again, when you're at the challenge, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, things could... Things could unravel for the top two, and White could be there, or he could just be the uh, the rock in somebody's shoe. Oh, there it is. Uh, four drivers in the micro rock category, the youngest drivers as part of the uh, the Challenge of the Americas. They had one competitor last year, had a nice jump to seven uh, at the opening round in Cal Speed, only four this particular weekend, but at least there was four. Last year was Gage Jarvis by himself, didn't get a chance to race with anybody. This time, Jarvis getting a chance to race with some guys. Give us, give us a little indication of how the racing actually did unfold. Yeah, and they all seem pretty even too. Uh, for for the most part, you know, um, obviously uh, when you look at the results, it's it's Filippo Sala uh, scoring scoring nearly all the all the uh, the P one positions throughout the weekend. Saturday was a sweep for him, but again, it was kind of close with all four together. Uh, Zachary Woolward was second with uh, Gage coming in home coming in third. 
Uh, so it was a good tight battle for them again on Sunday. This time, Woolrod was uh, able to set fast time in qualifying, but Salah was was a little bit quicker than everybody uh, in the prefinal and final. So Salo took the wins in both. So he scores four straight uh, on the year. Uh, Jarvis was actually second on Sunday and was really close with Salah. Came in with like a couple tenths off uh, at the checkered flag, but a penalty for uh, jumping the start dropped him off the podium. So that moved uh, Sydney Castles up to second for her first podium and then moved Zachary Walrod up to third. So Salah will take the point lead into the finale. Walrod second, Castles third. David, uh, I appreciate it. There's the there's the review. All, all in all, you enjoyed the weekend. Oh, again, yeah, I always enjoy the uh, the Challenge of America's weekends. Uh, it was my last one of the year, obviously, uh, but uh, yeah, I I love going west. It's kind of my West Coast family. You know, always like to think about that. And uh, great, you know, going to Tucson took us back to when it all began when we first yeah. went to the challenge of the Americas in 2012, you know, just, it just, it feels like home when you go there and, and you hang out with all the, the same crew and, and all the race teams that, uh, that make the challenge so great. Yeah. As you said, uh, we've got a, a conflict, another one of our conflicts where you're going to have to be in Ocala, Florida for the United States pro cart series opener uh, on April. I'll be making the trek out to the challenge of the Americas. I'm actually going to be David Cole. I think, uh, Chappie will be on the mic and I'll be, I might help him out a little bit, but Chappie's on the mic and I'll be handling the coverage all weekend long. So looking forward to it. So that means I will quarterback the debrief and we wrap up the season, uh, uh, the Challenge in America season, probably about, a, I'm going to say an April the 9th or 10th recording for that, uh, that debrief. But otherwise we're done for the debrief. Now it's time to talk about where we're going to be over the next couple of weeks. Those of you who have tuned into our ECAN Trackside Live program, of course, I think 25 races on the docket for us here this year. As we look at the, the race calendar, this is presented by Comic Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that describe Comic Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to cartsales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, David, we got four events that we're talking about here right now. We got a weekend off. This weekend's off. Actually, you get next weekend off, too. I don't. I'm, uh, I'm off to the Circuit of the Americas for the IndyCar race and the Road to Indy. So you have a couple weekends off to be with the family. Um, and luckily you're not shoveling any more snow because I think you're done with that. Um, no, it's going to snow tonight. Mark, is it really? Don't say <laughs> not, that. Not to where I got to probably shovel, but it is going to snow. <laughs> Dude, you did a lot. You did a lot of shoveling this year. Yeah. Thankfully we had 60 degree weather yesterday and rain. So it's, it's pretty much melted now. So that's good. Folks, as you know, as you know, my, you know, the, the head office here for ECAN is in Cambridge, Ontario. David's down in Grand Rapids. And so many times, David and I, of course, we stay in contact all day long. We're always working back and forth, bouncing things off each other, talking about what we're doing with the social media posts, that kind of thing. And throughout the offseason, poor David, uh, I got to go outside and shovel. I got to go outside and shovel. I, you, Did you probably shovel at least two or three times a day at one point when it was getting bad there? Yeah, we had that run uh, uh, one week where it was uh, I had to shovel twice a day at least. So, you know, oh, do it at man. lunch and then do it again when the kids go to bed. So, uh so you have, you have plenty of time to hang out with the fam and, and still get the work done. 
isn't it time to go to isn't time to move to North Carolina pretty soon? Uh, we keep talking about it. We keep talking. I just actually was talking with a friend that they keep looking at moving to Florida even. So it's like uh Wow. But uh yeah, we you know it's it could be uh in the next two or three years. We'll see. There you go. There you go. All right, folks, again, so March 29, 30, 31. That's be the next time that ECAN Trackside Live program gets fired up. David Cole and I were laughing in the last podcast, David. It's the hashtag dual weekend double-double. Back-to-back weekends where David and I are going to be at different races. We're going to cover four races over two weekends. And, of course, we have the EKN1 and EKN2 live pages. There's two different live pages now, so you'll be able to get the link to wherever you're listening. The first weekend, I'm going to be in Texas for the opening round of the Pro Kart Challenge. I'm heading out to Denton to NTK uh, Cartways. Love being at Denton. Uh, hopefully get behind the wheel and do some practice a little bit on Friday or Saturday morning if I can. Um, David, that weekend, you're actually going to be at GoPro. Speaking of North Carolina, you're going to be in Mooresville for the uh, what second round of the WK Manufacturers Cup. I will be. Uh, yeah, and again, I think it's going to rain that weekend, so I'm already guaranteeing rain. Uh, whether it be one day or all three days, I really don't, it doesn't matter anymore. Cause it's just going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be good to do. You, you resign, you resign yourself oh, yeah, to I, it. I, wow. You might as well, That's right. Amazing. If something's going to happen to you that you figure is going to have, you might as well welcome it. Right. You know, it's, it's like, yes, you know, when I drink a yes. Coke, I know I'm going to keep that weight on. I'm not going to lose it. So. <laughs> That's funny. So again, part of the dual weekend, double, double, uh, the following weekend, April 5th, 6th, and 7th. So, again, David Cole and I are home for two two or three days. Dave sees the family. Um, I'll pack up the suitcase, see Alicia, and head out of here. Um, Challenge of the Americas. I'm heading uh, west, as we said. I, I'll be there for, to do all our ECAN trackside live coverage, the race reports, the broadcast uh, for the finale of the program at Sonoma. Love being to Sonoma. Love uh, Look forward to seeing all the crew there as well, as David said. Uh, just kind of our West Coast family, great people yeah. involved in the challenge of the American. And don't act like you're not going to get good food when uh, you go out there either. Oh, dude, Angelo's. Uh, we're going to, I'm sure Beer and I are going to go to the Thai place with Angel Chad and everybody. Yeah. Dude, Chad will be, yeah, Chad's coming. So we'll go to the Thai place again. There's, yeah, it's <laughs> people must think they were just crazy. It's like, yeah, there's a race. No, there's some food. Yes, well, there's races. Excited for the racing, but well, you know, it's got to be something. Something happens after we're, seven o'clock. We t- we're typically on food tours. They we just happen to stop by where racing's races are happening, that's, right? That's exactly it. So part of that double double do a weekend uh, while I'm at Sonoma, David will be in Ocala, Florida, uh, for the opening round of the United States Pro Kart Series. David, uh, three race series. Mark Coates and the crew. Uh, that should be some pretty good racing. There always is really solid racing in the USPKS. Yeah, it's being in Ocala for the second straight year to open up the the season. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of big numbers uh, down there in April. Uh, a lot of momentum moving forward. Again, it, uh, only three race series program, I think, has been the key to, to their growth uh, over the last year. You know, you add in the Masters category, I think we're going to see, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 Masters again in that category. Agreed. Um, Agreed. You know, yeah. the K100 program, you got senior and junior going going again uh, with along with the X30 categories and, of course, mini and micro. Uh, and it's just kind of a win-win category or program that they've put together uh, starting its sixth season, right? 13, 14, yeah. 15, 16, 17. Yep. Yeah, seventh season. Sorry. 17, seventh season. So, um, yeah, it's everything's, everything's come together for them, for, for Mark and his program and his, and his people again, you know, with Rick, Rick jump and, and, uh, and the whole staff that they have, have there, uh, putting, 
putting everything, everybody knows what everybody's supposed to do. And it's always great to just kind of walk into a program that does that. So there you go, folks, for the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. We're hitting uh, four different orga- uh, four different organizations over two weekends. Again, I'll be there with the Texas Pro Kart Challenge, as I said. Uh, the Supercarts USA program, they're adding in the, uh, the Briggs classes as well, I believe, to the program here to start the season. WK Manufacturers Cup, Challenge of the Americas, and the United States Pro Kart Series. All right, David, I'll, let, I'll leave this to you. Let's wrap this things up. Uh, as we do normally in our debriefs, let's talk a bit about the to, in the wrap-up about the Constructors' Championship breakdown. 12 different brands again winning. There's a lot of different teams, a lot of different brands that are winning races in these national programs. There are. I think this is, you know, I think we've seen double-digit brands winning at every event this year. So uh, that yeah, shows a great. lot to the diversity of our sport right now. Uh, with the number of di- different brands that are being success- that are successful so far in 2019, uh, on the weekend though it was Vami Cart, obviously with uh, Filippo Sala picking up two, it, it only needed one more and got it from Nick DeGraff and Masters to uh, to lead the way with three wins on the weekend. Uh, of course, Tony Cart right there with two wins uh, along with CRG, the GFC chassis winning uh, its first two of the year, I believe. Uh, and then K and K with, uh, two wins with Jimmy Gregory. Uh, number, number of teams, what seven different, uh, manufacturers with one win, Burrell arts, cosmic FA red speed comp cart, Ricardo and top cart. all scoring one win as well. Uh, David, again, we'll cap this off. As we said in our, uh, ECAN trackside live race calendar series finale for the challenge of the Americas here in 2019, the second year in the rock cup program. Sim Raceway Performance Karting Center, as Andy Saisman always likes to say, probably the most the, the prettiest view of a racetrack anywhere in the country <laughs> as it looks out over the bay. Just a beautiful, uh, beautiful racetrack. Great to be there. April 5th, 6th, and 7th, the ninth time in 12 years for the series to head to the facility, sixth straight year having the finale there. And David, based on your notes, I didn't know this yet, but you're telling me that we're going to run the national layout clockwise direction. Yeah, you don't you don't want to remember the last time that uh, they ran this direction in 2015, do you, Rob? Uh, why do you say that? Well, it just happened to be the same weekend that we that I like actually burned you twice in you a go kart. You did burn me twice. You were about a, a two hundredths of a second faster on the Rotex and a couple of tenths quicker in the, in the Briggs. Yeah, you had me. You had me handled. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the the ignite cart there that they had was phenomenal on rails. You know the 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 Burrell cart that Andy Stazman was, was able fun. to put together for us. You know, going back to back set. You know, in the same session uh, to see who was the quickest. You know, I got the tires warmed up for you, and I had you sweating. You, though. you yeah. I needed I, one more lap. I, I no, I think you. I think you blew it all in that one lap. I needed one more lap, but my body didn't have one more lap. I was. Well, pretty that's much what out. I'm saying. You, you blew it all. So the cart had it. The cart, of course, had it. You just didn't have it, <laughs> which is great to hear. I love. I love this. I love this weekend. I, I'll never forget this weekend. It was a great weekend. Well, if if you if that if if you beating me in a back to back practice session is what you're going to hang your world on, I can no, live. I'm with not, that, I'm not I hanging my world on it. I'm just saying I'm always going to burn you about this weekend. You will. You will. I can go back to Rock Island though. That's for sure. Again, I was quicker you know, than you there. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares if you're quicker. I finished. I, I qualified better than you, uh, and I ran you. If you don't win, you gotta kind of go by who had the fastest lap. Were you in the top ten? But you didn't win. Were you in the top ten? <laughs> you didn't win. You were. <laughs> so when they put the results down it's like here's the top 10 and then there's other i was 11th this, you were, one, this one goes to 11 
<laughs> I, uh, hey, I'll tell you one thing. I'm looking forward to us getting behind the wheel this year. I didn't, again, for the first time in 20 years, 20, no, 20, almost 25 years, I haven't, I didn't race one race last year. Now, I did a couple indoor deals, but I didn't race one outdoor race last year. And that was just wrong. I was too busy. Didn't happen. Potentially four or five weekends this year. Of course, you and I are going to yeah, have some fun at the Battle at the Brickyard. Really looking forward to that one. And we're also going to be racing for sure at like Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals first weekend of October at Newcastle. You'll be back behind the wheel at Rock Island again, chasing that uh, that rock that uh, you seem to leave out on the racetrack every year. Mm. Uh, and I, I I may run the Canadian Nationals. Oh. We'll see. Dude, David, listen, I haven't met, I haven't met the Rock for so many years. I mean, the Rock Island race for so many years because of it, you know, because of my IndyCar and road to Indy commitments. And every year I watch you on Race Monitor, just hoping you're going to win, cheering you on to win. And you come so close. You know, last year wasn't my fault. I got spun or the year before that I got spun. So this, you did yeah, get spun. this year. I was just kind of out to lunch. I wasn't, I wasn't there mentally prepared for it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it you know, moving into the, the actual regular masters category is a lot different than the ignite program. And it just kind of caught me off guard. So, well, well, funny. well, uh, funny when, 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 funny when I ran the regular Ignite program, our regular master's program, I qualified second to Tony Nielsen, multi-time winner. It was the first year, of course. Yeah. yeah. Still all the big, big, bad guns there. Well, no, those guys are a lot better now than what they were then. A lot better. Oh, really? Even really? Tony, Tony will tell you that too. <laughs> he's, he, he's still, he's still getting better as he gets older. He's still the badass Tony Nielsen. Damn it. I was so I was so excited that I was going to be trying to win a rock, and no, Nielsen yeah. shows up and enters yeah. the class. See, so you've only had That's one awesome. time where you actually thought you could win a rock. I've gone every year thinking I can win a rock. So, yeah, well, that might have been that might have been your error right there. <laughs> Last year it was. That's for sure. <laughs> Anyways, we look forward to having some good times again. Back to Challenge of the Americans finale, April fifth, sixth, and seventh. Part of our dual weekend double double. Remember, on eCardi News now, folks, we have the EKN1 and EKN2, our live one and live two. So we have a couple different live channels just in case we're doing these double weekends. I think we have three, maybe. It's only three this year, right, David? I think it's the only. I think, yeah, these will be the last two. Yeah. Everything, I think, falls in line to where uh, we're not double double. There you go. Well, folks, that does cap things off in this edition of the EKN Debrief. It's episode number 43 of our review podcast. Again, David Cole giving us a really good look at what happened just a week ago at the Challenge of the Americas race, the third and fourth rounds at the Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. Great racing on track and great camaraderie and atmosphere off track as well. Of course, with the dual weekend double double we've got four debrief podcasts coming at the end of the month and the start of april you're going to enjoy those but otherwise if you have not yet download downloaded the ecan radio network app get that done folks great opportunity to listen to all our content on the ecan radio network the only 24 7 365 radio network all carding all day it's the only one in the sport folks download the app carding anytime you want we're done here on behalf of david cole my name is rob howden Bye for now.